Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Caught Offside with Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. Oh, yes. Caught Offside. From just outside of New York City, from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling and J.J. Devaney. What's up, brother? It's been a busy week in football, a busy weekend in football, rather. If you have not put on the rundown, maybe it's out of spite that you've left out Harry Kane scoring from well inside his own half. Spite? Do you know me? Oh my God, I celebrated it. I was high-fiving people on the streets after that happened. How is that not on the rundown? Oversight, I suppose. I don't really have a good Why answer. Why are you for sounding it. like a, like a, a bureaucracy? Uh, I don't have a good answer for it. Although I was, now that you mention it, I so sometimes during the week when I see certain tweets or something that I think are something that I want to bring back for yeah. the pod, I'll email them to myself to like make a note to like do this. And while right. I didn't put it in the rundown, I did email to myself. The um, I think it was the who scored Bundesliga team of the week. Kane was a 10.0 this week. Um, he was, I mean, how could he, he was not out of, he's he's been, I don't know, he's been, I, I don't know if people thought he was going to go there and like not be good. There, there's no reason to have thought that, but if people thought, oh, he, maybe he's just good in Tottenham, like where he's the man or whatever, like when he goes to a bigger club, he'll get exposed. I don't know if that existed. But, oh, my God, is it like, could that have possibly been more of the opposite of what's actually happening? He's we're going to talk about the Ballon d'Or later in the show, but he's he's inserting himself into the running for next year's Ballon d'Or. I think you'd have. Oh, to never mind about Ballon d'Or. Just the joy of that, because it was such a good connection. It was a few yards, more than a few yards further than Beckham's much vaunted halfway line effort. It was. I would say further than Jabby Alonso's one. And Jabby Alonso's one against Newcastle always loses marks because uh, Harper or whoever it was in goal at that time for Newcastle contracted some palsy of the legs for about two minutes. And like just it was it was a, a, a flashing disease, a very short disease that hit him. 
he just fell over a bit and and got a hat a bit of a hand on it like he should definitely have caught that like Javi Alonso's one is way overrated as one as much as I love Javi Alonso um but this one was better than Beckham's it was a cleaner contact yeah now mm, better than Beckham's Beckham's was a, at to... a bit of an angle great great shout and was I think Neil Sullivan was not as far off the line as the um as the goalkeeper was for Kane's effort because yeah. That was 1996. So if a goalkeeper strayed outside of his penalty box, he could be shot for treason. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um, yeah, this one so that uh, was different. Yeah, the keeper for this one for Kane had had gone a wandering. Uh, I think he, he had gone a wandering. Speaking of which, uh, because it's not on the rundown either. Oh, yeah. Matt Turner gone a wandering. <laughs> gone a wandering. In the same fashion that uh, Junior Soprano did when he was, um, when he just was struggling with dementia, and and he, right. he I know, God, these are such grim topics. But uh, Junior Soprano goes wandering; he forgets where he is, and he thinks it's 1960s in Newark. That was Matt Turner. What's he doing? Uh, Unbelievable! Uh, and then he tried to blame his uh, his teammate, the center half. Well, no, Matt and Mohamed Salah runs the ball in. By the way, Matt Turner had the most. And down game I've I've ever seen from anyone. Um like he he made an absolutely brilliant save uh, from a, he couldn't possibly have seen where the ball is. He's predicted the drive and he's tipped it around the post. Absolutely class. But then on on the opener for Liverpool, he kind of camera saves the ball right to like he right to where it shouldn't be. You know, he puts it right in like he's got to he's, he's got to parry that somewhere else. So I'm like, OK, it's, it's not great, but he makes a couple of other great saves. And then he just loses his mind for the Salah goal, which is and it's it's awful. And I'm just I don't can't have Matt Turner not being good, Andrew. I can't have he's, it. He is good. Uh, Come on. He's good. Stop. Johnny Erratic right now at the moment all right well he had a weird game but he's absolutely good i won't hear it i won't hear anything to the contrary um what a podcast we have right. coming up like we like we said we'll, we'll do some ballon d'or later as that was awarded uh just a little while ago lots of Ugh. lots of mls postseason um which i'm looking forward to uh to diving into a little bit in fact actually as we speak uh the yes. sounders and fc dallas are, are still nil nil that's in the 40th minute as we're recording um and Orlando City just wrapped up a 1-0 win in game one of their series against Nashville. So um, that's the worst as we speak I've ever heard in broadcasting. Why? What do you mean? What, well, what should I have said? I mean, as we speak, it suggests something big has happened in that game. And you just no, thought it's giving nil-nil. a score update to let people yeah. know what, what's happening in this moment as we're as we're doing this. So I we'll didn't uh, like we didn't care for it. Well, it wasn't for you. All right. It wasn't for you. It was for our listeners. Um, so we'll get to all those things a little bit later on in the podcast. Also, um, a, another rousing edition of if this happened in an American sport, it would be the biggest thing to have ever happened. But in soccer, it barely registers. We'll have another edition of that later on in the podcast as well. But JJ, we start with what was unquestionably the biggest match of the weekend. El Clasico, Real Madrid and Barcelona 2-1. It goes to Madrid. I just have to say, before we get into the game itself, um, boy, it is a weird visual seeing that game played in that stadium. I'm not saying it's 
I understand it. I'm not mad at anyone about it. It's just right. It's just hard. Like it's like that year when, like in the COVID year when Real Madrid was playing like Champions League semifinals against Chelsea in like their training ground. I was like, what am am I supposed to take this seriously? Like I know this matters a ton, but it's just hard for me mentally to to make what I'm seeing feel the way that I want it to feel. And watching them play El Clasico in, at Munch Week at the uh, the Olympic Stadium in Barcelona, it's just it's just weird. I, I don't I don't know. It's, it's just a strange visual, very very strange visual. But I found the whole thing very strange. The first thing, and I tweeted about it was, I don't like the sun. I don't want the sun. The best the best Clasicos that I can think of were sunless. They were, you know, played in the evening time when I guess La Liga wasn't wasn't as absolutely obsessed with um, foreign markets and foreign TV coverage as it is now, and, and absolutely has to be. But why um, would why would that start time in like why would a later start time exclude foreign markets? Oh, you mean the well, Asian I mean, for markets? Some, well, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was, I was yeah. being a little American centric there and thinking about us. You're right. There are others. Wow. Wow, that is. Uh, I I cop to it right away. You did good, man. Yes, there are other markets, Andrew. Um, and and obviously the visual with the stadium is as well was something that that I noted. I also noted the fact that once upon a time, once upon a time, it was more than a club. Barcelona was not for sale. There was nothing on the front of their jerseys. They played in the. They were they were just this this club that was cut above a completely apart um and apart from their biggest rival too now they are absolute whores dancing to the tune of spotify like they come out on the field wearing let's be honest for a proud club it's embarrassing that they had to wear the lick the the rolling stone symbol and we're compelled to play rolling stones music at halftime because rolling stones have a best of or something coming out on spotify like that is humiliation for a club like them. It really is. It could be worse. At least it was the Rolling Stones. Like when we start going a little um, bit deeper into Spotify's mu- musical catalog, then we might have some real issues. But I would love, I would love, and I'm telling you, because of the financial straits they're in, if Insane Clown Posse are pushing their greatest hits. And they demand that Gavi comes out in clown face. Yeah. He'll bloody well do it. Yeah. Because they're calling the shots now. Yep. Tonight, it's the mighty, mighty Boston's performing. <laughs> Barcelona will be wearing their album cover on their shirts. Uh, um, tonight, Barcelona is brought to you by what? what's what's the most like one hit wonder band ever? Eagle Eye Cherry. <laughs> Save tonight. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna like go the break of dawn tomorrow. Tomorrow, be- they are they're so owned it's embarrassing. Yeah, um, none of that really matters. Um, although I, before we get into the game, I will agree with you about one thing. So mm-hmm. I forget which video game it was when I was younger. If it was Madden or when MVP Baseball existed, one of those I remember playing. I'd always play games against my friends, and one of the options when you're getting ready to play the game, like you can choose like the weather. You can choose what time of day. And anytime we would get to the time of day, I would always say big games are played at night. 100%. Big games are played at night. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I do agree with you on that 100%. This looked like some ill-timed preseason fr- visually. I know it wasn't, but visually some ill-timed preseason friendly um, in in one of those Asian countries that they, they definitely have to broadcast to now. Yeah. But at any rate, the game itself, <laughs> that happened and it was and it was quite fun. And I mean, look, we'd be foolish. We can go through the game like, you know, moment by moment if you want. But to me, like it'd be insane to start this conversation anywhere but Jude Bellingham, because, you know, I put here on the rundown that I think and this will feed into the Ballon d'Or conversation later, but every season is defined by a certain player. Like you, you kind of remember seasons almost by a player. Like, you know, last year was the Holland year a couple years ago. Oh, that was the Benzema year. Sala mm. had his year when Liverpool won their title. You know, I, I think you get that. And I know that it's still not even November yet, but my God, I mean, this is, it's so clearly the season of Bellingham at this point. And I think it was already that, but for him to put his stamp on it already this early on by scoring two goals, including a stoppage time winner against their biggest rival in Barcelona, I mean, it's this is this is his season until further notice. I I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It might have been Second Captains, but they suggested even before the classical, they were not suggested, but they were saying that uh, Bellingham's numbers right now are better than for Zidane's best season at Real Madrid already. That is, that is quite shocking. Um, it's crazy. He's like, he's absolutely flying. He's doing things that I don't think anyone who, who would look at him or think about him as a player, you know, arriving into the box, scoring goals. Was that his absolute forte coming into uh like I like we saw him do it for 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 Dortmund, but did we see him do it regular enough to think that he would produce goals of at, at this pelt for Real Madrid in that fashion? No, um, he single handedly rescued this game from Real Madrid, uh, for Real Madrid because they were abject in the first half, went absolutely missing. Their um their talismanic attacking player was just having one of those days where. I mean, the commentary team were on were on Vinicius's back almost as much as who who was it pulled him to the ground in that rugby tackle. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but it was like it was wild. Um, but Vinicius was as much a non-entity Ferran as Torres, as, right? Yes, he kind of it's just it's ridiculous. It was... Yeah, and and uh, and uh, the the commentary team of Ian Dark and Steve McManaman. I mean, their constant refrain in the first half was to Vinicius. He has to get on with it. He has to get on with it. And and he very much wasn't getting on with it for whatever reason. He 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 was irrelevant. And then it's just this bolt from beyond, this brilliant strike from Jude Bellingham, which, I mean, it was out of nowhere. It's not like Real Madrid created a ton of chances and they still came out and won this game. Absolutely. Uh, if any, If anybody wants to, I mean, this was the Bellingham classical. In that he rescued. Now it, it's partly Barcelona's fault because they should have put this game out of sight. The fact that they they only held that one goal lead was is is their fault. Um, but Bellingham, my God, to have that impact, incredible. incredible. I I did not see uh, this for him right now. Well, I mean, this is what great players do, right? Like in a game of this magnitude, where your team is really not generating anything, you can just take it upon yourself and do that. Not every player can. Mbappe can. Messi can. Um, 
but like, Bellingham clearly already at this age, uh, he can do it by scoring a goal like he did in the 68th minute when, like you said, Real Madrid had really generated very little up to that point. Carlo Ancelotti recognized it. Uh, he talked about what he said to the team at the half. He said, I told them you can lose these games, but if we had to lose, we had to do it differently. More energy, more motivation, better in the duels. From what they did in the second half, the team agreed with what I said. Yes and no. I still don't think that Real Madrid were outstanding in the second half. I think that Bellingham had an outrageous individual moment in the 68th with that thunderbolt. And I mean, I'm not blaming Bellingham. He talked afterwards, JJ, there's a, on Real Madrid's um, Twitter handle. There's a video of him acknowledging this whole tap in merchant label that he has now generated. And he's kind of like bar, like Real Madrid, the tight, the, like there's a video of him talking about it. And he says, you know, I know it's another tap in people want to have a laugh at me, but um, he basically says, but like, you have to know where to be. You have to make the right runs, you know, it's not always just luck. And I, and I do believe that. I think if it happens once or twice, maybe it's luck, but with him, it's happening every game. Like it can't, you can't just get lucky like that every week, but Real Madrid right. titled the tweet tap in merchant with like a couple of crying, laughing emojis. Like, you know, we so love it when the social media people get involved, Oh, there's nothing better. Um, so, you know, what you said though, is interesting about Bellingham, how we talking about you and me fans, we didn't expect this. Was he this at Borussia Dortmund? Don't feel bad, JJ and audience, because the club didn't expect this. Um, Carlo Ancelotti said this about Bellingham afterwards. He said he scored a stupendous goal for the first and he was smart for the second. We're surprised. Everyone is surprised by his level and his level of, of efficiency up front. He gets into the box, but today the shot for the first goal surprised us. He scored a stupendous goal. Right now he's the player who's making the difference. Um, Everyone is surprised, team included. Real Madrid did not know that they were getting this. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't think that they were getting a great player. He cost, what, 103 million uh, euros with the possibility of that going up to 133, I think, or 123 with add-ons, which, by the way, I would start getting those add-ons in an account that can be accessed quickly because I think he's going to reach some of those benchmarks. Um, But, like, no one thought that that was silly. I think people understood, like, yeah, he's a great player. And, like, that price tag, while while a lot, it's not ridiculous. Like, with Declan Rice, we had some questions. He's really good, but is he worth 105? Bellingham, I think people were cool with it. But we did not know that he was going to be contributing directly to goals in the way that he is this season. Um, I went back and looked at this season compared to his last two, just to see if there was any, any whiff of this. In the 21-22 season, JJ, 44 appearances. All of them starts across all competitions, six goals, 14 assists in 44 appearances. All right. He was very young the following year, last year. I mean, you like that 14 assist number. Sure. Sure. In 44 appearances. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty good. That's yeah, definitely. Last year, 22, 23, 42 appearances, all but two of them start. So pretty much he started 40 games last year, Uh, 14 goals, six assists in 42 appearances. So the goals are starting to rise a little, but JJ in that's in 42 appearances. He had 14 goals, six assists, 13 appearances this year, already 13 goals and three assists. I know no goals from the, from the spot, by the way, no penalties. Like there is no way that anyone, I don't care how smart you are or how, how good you are projecting what the future will look like for certain players and what their trajectory is. No one could have seen this. Look, if you look at it another way in his last 86 appearances before this season, 20 goals, in 86 appearances. In his last 13, he's got 13. Like this is this is wild. 
I don't know how to explain it other than maybe he's just found himself in the right situation where a, a coach has given him the freedom to play a certain way and he's surrounded by the right type of players and it's all just clicking for him in a way that I don't I don't even know if Bellingham expected this. Yeah, and look, there's no guarantee that this continues. Um, I mean, it'd be impo- you'd say it's not, not impossible, but not probable that he'll keep going at this pace. But so what? What a start to his life and his life at Madrid. And, you know, the thing is, it's not like, well, you know, they were in the game. He's popped up. He scored the goals. They weren't. He's they weren't. He's his contribution literally is the reason they've won. Um, I'm struggling to think of an English player who's I know he was abroad already, but who's gone to a side like this and made such an impact. Um, I, I can't think of it. It's like immediately. Hey. Harry Kane's doing it right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> weird, JJ. Minute, but... Like when you start thinking about the Euros. England right now has the best player in La Liga and the best player in the Bundesliga. They're all English right now. I mean, I know we talked about France should be the the runaway favorite potentially for the Euros, but we might need to. England might be a lot closer than we than we cared to realize. Yeah, wash your mouth out. Um, yeah, absolutely. And of course, Jude Bellingham playing at Real Madrid because of an Irish passport. Um, they had reached their level of non-EU players. Um, the United Kingdom is not. In the European Union, as we know. So he needed to activate that old Irish passport. And that's how he's added to that squad. Unbelievable. For European football. Another one that got away for you. Oh, don't. Don't even. Kane too, right? Yeah, Kane's grandfather um, from Galway. And uh, Kane, uh, Kane's been to Galway several times regularly. Like, ah, oh, look... I, I can take some pride in this. The diaspora of Ireland spreading their wings and doing great things for countries that have more of a chance of winning things. Um, let's see. As for the, the game itself, I agree with everything you said about Barcelona. They've got to feel, I think, a little bit unlucky. They played pretty well, scored early, Gundogan getting his first. They hit the post on two other occasions. I mean, they really held Madrid in check for most of the day. And like I said, they wound up losing on a worldie from Bellingham and a tap-in in stoppage time off a deflection. I mean, it's tough. And you're right, they should have probably done more to make it so those kinds of those kinds of incidents weren't going to be the things that could kill them. But right. they did, their finishing wasn't to the level as, as that guy's was. Yeah. It's the first time Madrid... I've come back from a goal behind at halftime to win at Barcelona since 1965. So that is going to sting. I mean, I'm sure there's nobody in the stadium remembers 1965, but like that's the period of time. Well, I'll tell you so, a couple people who did. The Rolling Stones. <laughs> Mick Jagger. <laughs> Mick Jagger. Yeah, he he remembers it well. Ugh. Um, can we listen to Ilkay Gundogan? Because... He's not upset either at the reaction on the field or in the locker room to this defeat for Barcelona. I don't want to say something wrong, to be honest, but uh, I was now in the dressing room and, um, of course, people are disappointed. But um, especially after such a game, such a big game and such a result, you know, that is so unnecessary, I wish more frustration, more anger, you know, and more uh, disappointment. 
and um, this is a little bit the problem, you know. It's I don't know. It's just uh, there has to be more emotion, especially when you lose, and you know when you you know you can perform better, you can do better in single and certain situations, and you just don't react, and this just transfers to the pitch at the end of the day, and um, we need to we need to make a huge step in that, otherwise. Um, Real Madrid or even Girona is going to run away and uh, <laughs> I didn't come here you know to to lose this type of games or to let the gap create you know and um, there's also a responsibility from myself you know from a more experienced player uh, to not allow you know the squad to just uh, let things happen no we need resistance wow um, basically saying we're not hurt enough by this the reaction's not good enough. I want to see more anger. I want to see more disappointment. And he's genuinely frustrated because then he breaks into, it's so funny what happens there because it's a team sport and you must always present yourself as a team player. You know, what all this, this is the way it works. You give a criticism, then you bring it back to yourself, then you criticize again. But you must always include yourself in it. And the mask slips for Gundogan because he goes, uh, you know, I, I want to see more anger. I want to see more upset. Obviously, uh, you know. And then he goes, I didn't come here for this. He's <laughs> basically like he's uh, he's absolutely outraged by what happened. Because he could, they didn't want him to go at City. Don't forget that. No. He, he Pep felt was, it was time Pep to really go. loved him. Yeah. Yeah. He felt it was time to go. And now he's having like buyer's remorse a little bit. Well, Certainly, his anger is anyway, or the way he's um, projecting himself. He's he's not happy, um, and then he criticizes himself. You know, I, I, me as a senior pro, I've got to do more. But let me tell you, the tenor of that was, guys, what's going on here? Because I don't understand why you're not more upset about this defeat. That is that is it interesting. Was, it was really strong. Does that start with the manager? I mean, look, I can't imagine Javi is not totally destroyed after a loss like no one understands barcelona more than him no so i don't know maybe it, look it's a we talked about the weirdness of that locker room from just like a pure personnel standpoint of like yeah can can i say something about that yeah so i i thought it was just me and you who talk you know for hours twice weekly about football that we noticed these weird things but i was in the on saturday after the game i went to the monroe to the backyard to watch the rugby world cup final and there's these guys behind me, a bunch of English guys and one Irish guy. And I could hear the Irish guy talk to the English guys about El Clasico. And he goes, he starts reading the Barcelona team. And he goes, it's just such a weird collection of players. And instantly I felt validated. I was like, yeah. You know, when you hear a conversation, I was with, 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 with Darcy and, and she had Roisin on her lap. So I didn't want to turn around and scream, Yes. Thank you, like that, because it would have been weird. Sometimes I just want to get involved in other people's conversations because uh, <clears throat> a I'm nosy, and b that's how I feel. Couldn't agree more. This is, this is odd. They're an and, odd bunch, and it's not. Again, it's not to say that it, it's a bad team. I think I happen to think it's an excellent team. It's just weird, like this. Like every we got everything from sixteen year olds to Lewandowski to former Leeds United players and Rafinha. Like it's yeah. just. I don't know. It's just like a, it's just weird. Um, they're fourth now. Uh, Barcelona are Real Madrid. Go Ariel top. Romeo. Yeah. What? I don't know. Just, I don't understand. 
But this is what you do when you have to balance the books. You end up with him as an option as a defensive midfielder. That's what happens at 32 years of age off the bench. It's odd. It's, it's, it's weird. Um, And look, we'll see. I mean, look, some of these young players are getting uh, incredible experience. I mean, Lamina Mall out there and boy, he he looks good. I know it would have been offside, but he made a move and had a pass in this one kind of with like a little bit of like the outside of his boot um, where you can just tell like, what is he? 16. Like to be doing, to have like the courage to kind of do that stuff in a classico when it's tight. I can't wait to see where that guy's career goes. You know, obviously Gavi, um, you know, so uh, it might work. I don't know if they're going to win La Liga. Felix is with Barcelona. Yeah. You know, that's the thing I was reminded of. Seeing him on the field in the Barca colors, again, kind of, not that he's not talented. That that one isn't quite as weird to me. I mean, he was, I I find it very strange. He was at Atletico, went to Chelsea. I don't know. I mean, he's he's kind of a misfit toy. Like I, I always thought Ferran Torres signing there was weird. He couldn't. He was having a hard time getting minutes at Manchester yeah. City, but he's been okay there. I don't know. It's it's just an odd. It's an odd conglomeration of, of players. Uh, Madrid twenty eight points. Marcus t- Alonso, ex Sunderland is. Oh, he is there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what? yeah. Um, so there you go, El Clasico two one, Bellingham superstar ridiculous uh let's see let's go now from that rivalry to another one in england and that was manchester city and manchester united at old trafford three nil city Mm. uh this was on tnt they posted this after the match jj this is a stat that just it just hits like a punch in the face they write manchester united have now lost as many premier league games at old trafford since since alex ferguson retired as they did during his 26 years at the club i mean we talked about the decade in the wilderness was it a couple of weeks ago yeah i mean it's been it's it's been so pronounced and you find yourself getting into conversations after the game where oh here we you're go like what was the point? You know, people trying to tell you that, trying trying to you know, out of desperation, I guess, trying to tell you, you know, well, I mean, it might have been different if there wasn't that penalty, that soft penalty. No, no, it would have delayed the inevitable. Not in a million years are Manchester United winning that game. And they're certainly not winning it with the with the lineup that Ericton Hag pulled out of wherever. I mean, Jesus, like we are we are fast approaching. Jamie Carragher is already there. So Gary Neville is trying to talk about the dysfunction at the club, you know, the partial buyout, the 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 glazers. The football operation, like we all understand, it's a mess at the top. It's it certainly is, and there is dysfunction. But you cannot say the manager hasn't been backed with the players he's wanted for exorbitant fees. I mean, Ajax couldn't believe what United bid for Anthony. Couldn't believe it, and now we're seeing why they couldn't believe it. Um, this manager has been given the things he's wanted, and he we've ended up with this mess like clearly what he really wanted was johnny evans again like couldn't couldn't wait to get mcguire out of the club john that you know the last man united the last manchester derby johnny evans played him before this one 
was it the one where uh like the, the Rooney bicycle kick or something? The six one in two thousand and eleven. Oh my god. Yep. Um Johnny Evans never thought he was going to play for Manchester United when he came back to train with them and or become some kind of academy coach slash uh player, which was I mean and mind mind boggling. You have uh, Sergio Regulon, um, so put Victor Lindelof there. No, like Victor Lindelof gets exposed at centre back. The last thing you want to do is drag him out wide, where you City are just going to overload on that side and run through them. I mean, City at times were just, just it was just so easy for them. I mean, Eriksson, Amrabat, McTominay, Bruno Fernandez. That's not a midfield that's going to be able to compete with them. No, uh, I would agree. I mean, look, all those things are true. The, the Rafael Varane being healthy and not starting so oh, Johnny Evans could sake. start. Like, this is the stuff that is going to drive United fans crazy, and it's what's going to cause Ten Hag to lose their support. Uh, as it is, I saw uh, Mark Goldbridge, who tweeted, just heard Ten Hag on Sky say Evans above Varane was tactic over fitness or form. Very, very weird. Varane is a Ferrari to Evans' Ford Focus. I'm convinced it's injury, but can't fathom why Eric would lie. <laughs> like that's where they're at. They, <laughs> they just can't believe that that's true. Like that you would you, that you would actually make that decision. So he must be hurt. So so prior to the derby, um, Jamie Carrer had comments on Sky. They were put about that United weren't improving, that they weren't getting better, and they were put to Ten Hag before the game, and he goes. He starts focusing. He says, no, because we are we are top and we are number two in the league in, in regains, in central midfield regains, et cetera, et cetera. So Ten Hag is, is kind of, I mean, do you remember Comical Alley? Remember? He, so I'm going back a while now. So I'm going back to the Iraq war. And he chemical was this general. Alley? It was what? Chemical. Yeah, but they called him Comical Alley. Oh well, I wouldn't know him by his his other his nickname of his nickname. No, because um, there, there was this guy called Comical Alley, and maybe Chemical Alley was someone else. But he he was a general who who kept telling, putting out propaganda that even when Baghdad was in ruins, that he was saying, "Well, we're actually doing really well. We're winning the war in these sectors, and it's only a matter of time before the tide turns." Like it was this this kind of constant like denial of 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 what's happened. This kind of don't know deranged Lord. I mean Lord Ha Ha was deranged, but like putting out this um this nonsense. And um, we're getting to that point with Ten Hag a bit. The stuff he's saying is not really what we're seeing on the field. Um, and like I said, Jamie Carragher went at it with Gary Neville. Gary Neville listed all the problems. Uh, you know, structurally with Manchester United. And then Carragher said, yeah, okay, fine. That can all be true. But you can't see a clear, coherent pattern of play for Manchester United. You don't know what Eric Ten Hag is trying to do with this side. These are two things that are true. And then he made the point that look at Unai Emery and look at Ange Postacoglu, who've come in at, at, at Villa and Tottenham, respectively. Andrew, this didn't take time for them to turn it around. No, Unai Emery had it turned around in the first three months. So, uh, so I do agree with you. And Ten Hag is in a bad spot right now. However, I do have a little bit of a hard time using that as the reason for it because Ten Hag at that stage in his time with United, we also felt 
had had found it and turned them around. Yeah, I think we were completely so, wrong. I well, think we won. maybe, but but I don't I think know. I don't. I think we were. Now Unai Emery but, longer, but, Ange, Ange, I'm saying is more so with Tottenham is still in that phase where at that point Ten Hag was was in good shape with United, and we we thought they had found their guy. Did Ten Hag have have United at top of the season or top of the table at any point? No, no, but they won a trophy. All right, yeah, and I and I do think I I. I think I was, and they, and they looked good. They were playing well. Rashford was the best player in the world for for no. three months, four months. There, I mean, we I thought mean, they that... fell off so quick. They they won they won the league cup against Newcastle, and then immediately after lost seven nil. Look, I don't want to go over. This. I've been over this before, right. but I do think that I was because we were so enamored with that like IX team of of twenty nineteen. I do think there's a bit of that where we're like any sign that Ten Hag was pushing them towards being a better side was kind of. Um, but you know, it was confirmation bias for us when it was it wasn't actually happening, and it isn't happening now. He's talking about injuries, players to come back, they'll be improved. I'm not so sure. Like they're barely scraping by against the teams they should be hammering, and they're not beating. They're being destroyed by the better sides. How is this different from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Great point. It does feel that way. Um, one of the stats that I that I do like, some stats you can make them dance wherever you want, but final third pass is completed. When when the disparity is so great, it tells the story of how the game was played. One eighty three to fifty four. Oh god! Uh, in City's favor, City with an XG of four uh, to United, who I think were just under one. Um, so it was it was dominant. Now we should mention the penalty because there is. There oh, are did. there are United fans out there who do believe that the game turned on that. Uh, um, I don't know that I agree. I, I'm kind of more in, in your camp on this one that City were going to win this game, and I don't know if that penalty real. I mean, didn't help. But well, um, the the way the way I would say, Andrew, if 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 United are good enough to mix it with City, and they're good enough to have a good pattern of play and a good and a good spell of play and then city score a penalty in the 26th minute not the 45th or not the 92nd in the in the 26th minute it it follows that if united are that good then one goal will not derail the whole thing and they'll keep doing the right things it's not the case yeah um with this penalty jj so i i have I I just have a couple things to say on it. You know, everyone who listens to this knows that I don't have the problems with VAR that pretty much the rest of the world has with it. Like I I recognize it, I recognize its flaws, but I think a lot of its successes are glossed over and the flaws are screamed about. Um, however, these like this penalty, these mm. are the ones where for me VAR is a problem because. Look, what happened to Rodri on that free kick, like, it's a foul. But if a referee is going to properly manage a game, then he knows not all of those can be called fouls. They just can't. It's soft. It'll, you know, if you start calling all of them, it probably leads to more diving, more efforts for players to try to make contact rather than to just play soccer and try to score yeah. goals. Um, and, like, we all know, we've all watched games, like, that kind of contact happens frequently enough that you just can't really call them all. However, once it goes to VAR, it becomes yeah. hard to apply game management logic. Because if you're going off of what you see in front of you, whether you like it or not, 
the referee is now boxed into a corner where he kind of he has to call it because we can all see that that probably is a foul. Well, so, we remember we remember a couple of seasons ago how they said that they were going to raise the threshold for what had to be a penalty. So they were going to take away finicky little things. Um, and and they, and they kind of did for a while. And now they seem to have reversed that. You're right, though. I mean, you're essentially right. When it goes to VAR, that's going to be get called. It's going to be given as a penalty. It just is. Do you remember, um, oh, this is, I think, the start of maybe the, the 17, 18 season or the 18, 19. This is how far back I'm going. Um, when during the summer, the PGMOL were like, right, we're going to stamp it down. Grappling on corner kicks, putting your arms around fellas, dragging them. We're stamping this down now. We're going to start calling penalties. We're going to start doing all of that. And Mike Dean did it for like the first game. And he was like absolutely fastidious. He gave yellow cards. He gave penalties. First two games, I think one of the games was uh, Stoke were at home to something. And he just was probably told, Mike, um, we're not going to keep going with this <laughs> because you've given X amount of yellows, X amount of penalties. You know, he was he was laser focused on doing it. And that one fell by the wayside. Because, Andrew, some of it is natural contact. It just happens. Like you said, if, you, if you're going to start calling those, you're going to have to call all of them because it happens so much. Um, so it, becomes, it comes back to that thing we talk about. Is, uh, all we want is consistency. All we want is consistency. Well, it's kind of tough. Yeah, well, um, I, on, I, on those especially, there's some really super subjective... Soft. Soft, but again, like Gary Neville said afterwards, personally, I think it's a little bit soft, but he's not going to get away with it, Hoyland. He's lost his man. He's wrapped his arm around him, and he's going to pay for it. When you stop him in slow motion with an arm around him like that, it's absolutely a penalty. But I think that it happens a lot on set pieces, and Rodri knows what he's doing. It's clever from him. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's probably the way most of us would feel about it. I think Um, so, too. So that's uh, Man City having having a fun time at Old Trafford. Can I say something to you? Because I... I occasionally like to do uh do comparisons between US sports and soccer, even though I, I also hate it. But um we've seen a lot of this. I mean, Onana made the great save in the first half and then in the second half he couldn't do anything. But the little city moves where they get to the end line and then it's usually Bernardo Silva or Jack Grealish stands up a little cross for Haaland to smash a header home. That is is that's like the soccer version or the Man City version of an alley oop. Yeah, I'll give you that. All right, thanks. All right, moving on. That was it. <laughs> uh, let's see, Chelsea JJ. I don't have a ton on this. They lose at home to Brentford two nil, and that's now three straight seasons of Brentford going to Stamford Bridge and winning. Can I? I need I need your help on this. Um, it's a. I mean, it's embarrassing for Chelsea, but it's. It's a defeat in no small part by the fact that Chelsea couldn't take their chances. This was the first half of this game was so one sided, yeah. I thought, to Chelsea. Yeah. Totally agree. Kukurea had that great great run that he made that he just kind of perfect ball into him that he just played right at the keeper. Uh Medweke had one off like the bar where the bar and cross post and crossbar meet. Um no, I thought Chelsea. I don't know. It's a weird one. They played well, but yeah, they didn't. They couldn't finish any of their opportunities. Sterling so, so, fired one like thirty yards over the the goal uh, from point blank yeah. range. So I'm watching it, and like Brentford were were really really good. They did in in terms of taking their chances. They scored. I mean, I, I enjoyed Pinnock's goal was excellent. Um, 
but but I, I it's more of a phrase. I I need to ask you: Have you ever heard the phrase? Oh my God! I'm I can't believe I'm saying this. I haven't heard this in like 25, 30 years. Squander mania. No. I mean, I no. can figure out okay, what it so, means, but yeah. Right, exactly. So, but I, I heard this in the depths of rural Ireland. And I'm I'm just wondering if there's any other Irish out, people out there listening that they remember this, because this is what I thought of when I was watching Chelsea miss all those chances in the first half. There was an old guy that lived beside us. And I, um, when I was a kid, he, he used to go to the senior Gaelic football matches for our club. And I met him on the road after one of the games. And I said, oh, you know, we lost the game. How did we lose? Oh, it was squander mania. And I remember the first time he said it and I went, huh, okay. And then I heard a bunch of other old guys say it. And I'm just wondering if it was a thing in America. I know Hulkamania was um, no, I'm squander not mania. I'm not familiar with squander mania. Sounds like a fun party though. Squander mania. Yeah, yeah, it sounds it does, like a guy it? who's at a party who just like cannot take hints from from like girls that he's talking to. Like if a girl's like, hey, can I give you my number? Oh no, I, my, I don't have my phone. Yeah, I left it in the car. Oh, okay. You want to like come back to my place? Oh, no, no. I got to wake up early tomorrow. Like a guy just squander mania over and over again. <laughs> squander um, mania. Yeah. So with, I, uh, I had to ask. With Chelsea, JJ. So they're 11th right now, um, which is not good. And I'm wondering, you know, if there's a segment of Chelsea supporters who are watching this and thinking, well, this is, this feels like rock bottom. Uh, is it though? So here's what's coming up for them in the in in the Premier League. These are these are their next five games. Uh, at Tottenham, home versus City, at Newcastle, home versus Brighton, at Old Trafford for Manchester United. Those are their next five. Hmm. Not good. I mean, uh, like that. So that 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 ends on December sixth. That last game, Wednesday, December sixth. United hosting Chelsea. I mean, like uh, I, they're not going to lose all five, but they, no. but they could <laughs> like, they won't, I don't know that they will be favored in any of those. Um, like where, if they, let's say they do, where are Chelsea in the table? A month well, you can conceivably, from now? you can see conceivably see them. Not. So the, the next three are Chelsea at home. Sorry, excuse me, Tottenham, Tottenham away, City at home, away to Newcastle. So you can conceivably see them lose those, get no points there. Although, how hilarious would it be if they went to Tottenham and Chelsea under Poch are the team that gives Ange the hammering that everyone expects is coming? I mean, it's it's possible. However, I will say Chelsea, before that, remember, Tottenham got knocked out of the Carabao Cup. So they got nothing going on. Midweek, that same week, Tottenham and Chelsea play... That's on a Monday. Um, the Wednesday before that, Chelsea do have a Carabao Cup game against yeah, Blackburn, Blackburn Rovers. Now, Wednesday to Monday, they should be okay. Um, but Tottenham, their schedule is is quite free right now. They got not a whole lot going on other than this league. That they're determined to win. Yeah. Um, so we'll see where this in, goes for Chelsea. I don't know. He's in. He's in trouble. He's in trouble. I don't get the sense that he's being blamed for a whole lot of this. I think that people are now at a certain point that may happen, but I don't think we're there yet. I think that the finger of blame is still kind of on Todd uh, for this sort of thrown together squad. Um, 
you know, they dealt they dealt with some injuries that maybe people are willing to give Potts a little bit of a pass on. But some of those players are coming back now, like Reese James. Um, so I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm I'm deaf to it because I like the guy so much. But I haven't gotten that sense yet that he's in. Like I remember last year, you said Ten Hag was on the hot seat after one game. <laughs> like I don't yeah. I don't I don't get the sense that Potts is feeling that kind of heat right now. I don't know. He looked forlorn. Well, of really course. For- Staring into the middle distance at the end of that game. So, yeah, it, it, I tell you, after those first three games, so interesting to see what Chelsea will have picked up from that. And it's going to dictate a lot. Yeah. Um, one other Premier League one I wanted to mention Everton pick up a massive three points on the road at the London Stadium against a good West Ham team. Um, and, you know, we're talking about Chelsea. For whatever we think of Everton, they've now won as many games as the likes of Chelsea and Brentford this season three not a huge number but the same as those teams um but but i do wonder if we are now seeing what we like we both predicted everton to go down but we also said there was a chance that the crap beneath them could be enough to push them up and avoid relegation and i wonder if if that is taking shape i mean the the crap is considerable beneath beneath them yeah uh sheffield united and burnley are terrible um bournemouth only got their first win at the weekend which may may cause problems like Forrest are there um, and Luke, obviously Luton are right in it too. So there should be enough of a buffer. But uh, Andrew, the independent panel could decide all of this and the Premier League, whatever they come up with. It would be so Everton for them to finally start playing a little bit better and then immediately get hit with a 12-point deduction. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, one other thing on Everton... I, I sent a picture to you. Um, it's doing the rounds on social media. Uh, it's a picture of the upper tier of one of the the stands under construction um, for the new Everton Stadium at Bramley Moor Dock, and uh, they've got the you know the plastic is over the blue seats and everything. But it looks incredibly steep. So I was going to ask you. I saw the picture. Is is that shot with a normal lens? Like that's not. There's no kind of like optical illusion there. No, I don't that, think so. That's unsafe. That doesn't look safe to me. Now, I'll rem- I remember, and I'm sure you do too, being at the old Yankee Stadium for a bunch of games and sitting up up top. And I remember thinking that those seats were pretty vertical. Not like this. No. Uh, not like, I, I don't think I've seen anything quite like this. No, I haven't either. Um, the top tier in Crow Park in Dublin always felt to me like, oh, geez. But uh, this 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 feels uh, it looks rather very steep indeed. Yeah. Um, let's hope those seats are looking at Premier League football and not staring out at Championship football. Like it feels season. like there there should be some kind of bar or something in front of them to like keep yeah, people there isn't, from like though. tipping. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but look, it might be really cool. It might hold the sound really well to just have like these vertical walls of seats. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Well, I, I didn't include it in the rundown, JJ, but I did want to just mention that um, Arsenal with the the five nil win that they had over Sheffield United, where they were, I mean, it's a game that they should win, of course, but sure. boy, were they they looked really, really good. It was kind of like peak Arsenal and what in what they can look like. So I just have to ask. So so when when do I start getting apologies from everyone on Enketia? Is you that, don't. I get, okay, I don't. So a hat trick against Sheffield United with Weds Fodderingham in goal does not get you. Okay, so now, so now we're going to move goalposts. No, uh, I mean you'd have to. 
I mean, it, I'm make Fotheringham look good. You'd have to move the goal co- goalposts in quite a little, make him kind of hockey goal or something. Um, no, and Kedia took his goals excellently. Blah blah blah. Uh, we we I just talked about the underlying stats, and I still think they need a striker in January. Still think that. And I'm going to go. I'm so a guy who's gotten a, who now has gotten an England call up hat trick this season in the Premier League. He's not good enough to be a a backup. Um, I don't I don't get it. Darius Vassell got an England call up. There you go. That's my answer to that. What a player! What a player! I'll tell you what. Let's go ahead. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Still a lot to get to. MLF MLS playoffs. It's one nil now. By the way, JJ, is that a more exciting update for you? That's a, that's a quality update. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Sounders have taken a lead. Rojnak um, with the goal. Yeah. Uh, so we got a little bit of MLS to do, some Ballon d'Or, which I know there's nothing in this world that JJ loves more than Ballon d'Or conversation. So stay Ugh. tuned for that. Still a lot to come here on Caught Offside. Don't go anywhere. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, back now on Caught Offside, Halloween Eve. Uh, where I came from, I don't know if everyone calls it this, this night was referred to as Mischief Night, um, oh. where young teens would uh, run amok and vandalize houses. Um, I remember my dad and I perched up in like the second floor of our house growing up and, and looking out the window, waiting to try to catch people like silly stringing our house. That's so you. In there. <laughs> Your night vision goggles, <laughs> right? Hiding we'll in the get, bushes. We'll get them this year, Dad. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, like nine-year-old me shouting out the window, "You damn kids!" As our house is toilet papered and silly. Classic, stuff. classic episode of Curb, where the the two clear like eighteen or nineteen-year-olds come around and they're like, "Trick or treat! You're not dressed up. Trick right. or treat!" and and and. Larry gets into it with them and they they toilet paper his house. He refuses to give them candy. Yeah, and they call him a bald pea. (laughs) Brilliant. It's really, really brilliant. Um did you see I think he tries doesn't doesn't he try to refer to it as a hate crime? He tries to get against bald people. He does, yeah. And 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 the officer has a shaved head and he's trying to convince him that um the balls should gang together and this is a discrimination of some some kind. He's yeah. so good. Ah, what a, what th- those were the sweet spots for uh, Curb. Curb is so good. Yeah. Um, Caught Offside Bingo has emerged again on Reddit uh, with the animals, Andrew. I was going to say, is this the second card? 
it's the second card and it seems well let me go through it so the top row is in and around that wouldn't have been in it except for the last in and around yeah, it's like yeah. an updated card i guess yeah scottish lungs andrew's uh w weird body syndrome yeah. Polisic, <laughs> harry kane and Polisic just there as names like i don't think those count why because because there are a lot of names I mean, on here but we have to cover them. You know, they're always going to be there. They, they, they aren't the quirky little things we always refer to. Right. They're like, anyway, JJ hates on VAR. Okay. Yeah, World yeah. War II book or movie. Oh, yeah. interesting. JJ's post loss walk. I haven't done those in a while. Um, Soccer started in 1992. Yeah, we do say that. We do. Aguster. Even you mentioned them a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Uh, US MNT player hymns. Nice. That's only one player, and he's not real. That that one's going to be hard to check off. Ooh, yeah. From now on, it's going to be tough uh, unless he makes a comeback. Declan Rice, uh, OES, October tenth, twenty seventeen. JJ curses. Uh, JJ clearly doesn't have anything to say about MLS. That's <laughs> <laughs> ah, not fair. That's not fair. Oh, I'm uh, going to be. I'm going to be saying things in a few minutes, guys. Ooh, uh, you better believe it. We'll see. Roy Keane, Roy Keane for sure, but. I honestly think if you see the ubiquity of Roy Keane now, it's not just that he's one of my favorite players ever. He's just everywhere. Andrew's list of people who have wronged him. Yep. Vint mm. Dempsey. He does come up a lot. Does Andrew he? Defend, he, he used to an awful lot. Yeah. Uh, Andrew defends far. And then the bottom line is Andrew's people. Yep. Um, Andrew talks just a bit too long about Tottenham. I got a real problem with that one. <laughs> I that's what the pe- the people wanted that last year. They wanted they that. No, they did. Yeah. I would after every Tottenham game, all I had I I'd go on Twitter, I'd have 30 tweets. Can't wait to hear about this one. Oh, can't wait for this one. You all wanted that. I'll never mention them again. How about that? And you'll never check that one off. All right? You did, and I and I thought it was right at the time when you went after the hammering at Newcastle at the end of last season, where you went and you did a solo pot on your you own. You told me on to Sunday. do it. I thought it was the right move, but some key people could construe it as when Paul Banks left Interpol to do a solo album of rap. That's what you could be seen as. That podcast was a huge hit. It was a huge hit. It wasn't self indulgent. It was. Never mention him again. All right, uh, Stone Roses. I don't mention the Stone Roses that much, do I? I don't think so. Uh, game's gone. And finally, Andrew said, Andrew, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's something. That's something. Oh, God. Yeah, well, well done. I think it was Emerald Toffee who posted that. Yeah. Uh, he's a good old interaction man. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that guy. He's funny. A subtle following. JJ being cynical and Andrew defending whatever it is that he's criticizing. That is a classic trope. That's But that's you know what? That probably more than anything is what makes this all work. I suppose. It has uh, to and I'm not saying any yeah. of it's forced, but it 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 has to be that way. No, we script nothing. We have a rundown. That's it. Um <laughs> Erica. <laughs> Philadelphia sports, urinal pubes, JJ does an accent. Uh, that's something well i'll tell you what on that note i should i should remind uh, i it feels like the right time to wish everybody a 
A merry <laughs> say it. A merry ballsmas from our friends over at Manscaped. The holidays are approaching. You have so much dignity, and yet you had to read that. Well, how can I keep bleeping your your incessant cursing if I'm going to get Reed's scripts from Manscaped that start with Merry Ballsmas? <laughs> and it's not even clever or creative. It doesn't rhyme. It's How can we insert balls into this word? Ah, let's Ballsmas. There, it works. Balloween. Balinka. Ridiculous. Easter. Ball Easter. <laughs> uh, uh, this is this is the Ball script. Kwanzaa. Yeah. Not even trying. Not even trying. The holidays are approaching, but what if I told you that the celebrations are starting early this year? Turns out the Ball perfect... Ramadan. <laughs> Actually, should stop now. It turns out the perfect gift does exist. And who else to bring it down your chimney than the leaders in below the waist grooming? Keep calm and let your let your balls jingle this season with Manscaped's brand new performance package 5.0 Ultra featuring the new lawnmower 5.0. Watch all your wishes and mistletoe kisses come true. Look nice when you're going naughty by going to manscaped.com oh. and use code CAUGHTOFFSIDE for 20% off plus free shipping. Unwrap the gift of smoothness this season with Manscaped. Um you had said you had told us recently, JJ, that you were you were going to be breaking it out and you were going to give us a, a full report afterwards. Mm. That's uh that's on the next pod uh, because I've um I've been lazy, so oh I can't. Wait well, how bre- how lazy can a person be? The, nothing can be easier than this lawnmower 5.0 Ultra that Manscaped offers. The whole point of it is is even for the laziest of us, this is the product for you. And I mean, you you have found new levels of laziness, I suppose. Yeah, no, I'm going I've I've probably gone a bit Burt Reynolds down there, but I will I will uh I will get after it. Um and I will report back, I promise. Was he ren- <laughs> Was he like renowned for this? No, but you look at him and you think 1970s, 1980s, he is just not trimming that stuff down there. He does not care. Whatever whatever lady he's hooking up with, she just better get ready for the jungle. Right. It it probably had sideburns. It it did. Yeah. Um so it's get 20% tough. off and free shipping with code caught offside at manscaped.com. That's 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code caught offside. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. That's beautiful. That's really that's. Uh, let's see where were we? Uh, MLS playoffs. Let's see if JJ has anything to offer. Now, the first thing I wanted to mention before getting into um, a couple of the games, I will say one thing about the um, so this new format. Yeah. I was going to wonder. Okay, well, how's this? How's this going to impact things in terms of the way games are played? Um, I do. I do wonder, JJ, if it's contributing to goals. So. This is not including tonight. There were two games tonight. One of them was just a one nil. The other one currently, is it still one nil? Yeah, it's still one nil in the 74th. So maybe tonight is the outlier, but through the first five games, the total number of goals you had, you had four, seven, three and one, three and another, and then five. So you had 22 goals in five games, which basically comes out to four and a half goals per game being scored. Now I I do wonder if one of the byproducts of this format is like in aggregate scoring, you might have a team try to shut it down to keep things within reach for the next game still to come. That is not the case here. 
each match is a clean slate. So you may as well just go for it. You got nothing to lose if you're down and you just want to push everyone forward to try to get goals. Because if you lose 1-0 or 5-1, it doesn't make any difference. You come back the next game and it's nil-nil. So I do wonder if if a format like this is likely to contribute to more goals being scored. Well, I've been uh, I've been watching the tweets of like people who are like hardcore MLS people, mm-hmm. and they they just hate this. So Felipe Cardenas tweeted, "Revs and Philly don't play again for another ten days. Game Whoa. two between Cincy and uh, Red Bulls is in six days. Uh, St. Louis and SKC have to wait seven days for their for their game two. Why? No, this three I, game I, this three game series that MLS concoct is is excessive in so many ways." Um, Pablo Moyer uh, piggybacked on that he, he reposted he said truly I cannot think of a year when the MLS playoffs had less juice the scheduling of this opening round makes things even less interesting Woof. and then Michael Lewis like these are the doyens of American soccer Michael Lewis oh I'm sorry you woke me up what were you saying oh yeah MLS playoffs yawn I, 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 I've got to agree with them They're, like there's just I don't know. There's a lack of buzz, a lack of juice, even though we saw goals, like we saw some um, big ones too. Yeah, we, we saw some crackers. Like, let's get into it. Let's, what stood out? I mean, we could go on about this forever. It is what it is, and we, we're not getting rid of it. Um, no, the, the scheduling, I, I though, say, when I saw when game two of Union Revs were, I thought, what what the F is this? This is, re- this is totally ridiculous. Absolutely, absurdly ridiculous. And we're a podcast who have an audience, like some love MLS, some don't. Um, and even when we were doing our most amount of MLS stuff, the thing we loved the most was when we got to the postseason, how they made it single elimination. I was it for two years running, they had that format and it made the playoffs super exciting, super engaging. And we loved it. And now that's gone. And, and I definitely think, I mean, I'm not hearing, I don't know. Nobody's, nobody's talking to me. Oh, did you see such and such a game last night? No, that may be because it's, it's on, Apple TV or whatever, but but I'm not hearing as much about playoffs as we have in previous, in the last, I'd say, two or three seasons. Well, two things, I think. One, you've touched on this format and this scheduling is not helpful. And then I don't know how much this other one factors in, but like if you have gone to MLSsoccer.com at any point in the last two months, it is not really like now it is because the playoffs are here, but like in the two months leading up, it was not really a website for the league. It no. was a website for a guy. Yeah. It was all messy all the time. Yeah. You've now True. entered into this phase of the season where he is not a part of it. And this league has spent months propping him up as the reason to watch. Uh, subliminally, I, I don't you. know if that makes this feel not quite as important to the people you've been trying to grab. I don't know. Um, it probably doesn't help. It I I it doesn't help. It certainly doesn't help. And um, who who could have saw that coming? You know. Yeah. By the way, the guy's getting older. Well, he's still I, doing all right, though. Expect not... expect. Uh, I don't know. More injuries, less playing time. Don't worry problems. about him. All right, he'll be fine. Anyway, come on, come I don't on. Want, come I'm on. not ready to what hear actually this. happened. So, some things that stood out to me. Uh, we each have a couple of things. I don't know. I haven't seen yours. Maybe we'll have crossover here. The first one for me, Sporting Kansas City. With just a stunning yep. beatdown of top seed in the West St. Louis City. Um, and like, I mean, Logan and Denbe with an unbelievable rocket of a goal from just outside the 18. And like, just watching this game, 
it just felt like in the way these goals happened for Sporting Kansas City, I don't know. They just looked quicker. Like there were so many second yep. ball opportunities that fell to them because they were just quicker to them. Um, yeah. Like this, and you know Tim Parker also. So he scored the equalizer for St. Louis City just after Logan and Dembe scored his great goal. And so you thought, okay, well now this is going to settle in. But that second goal from Remy Voltaire was so big, um, right after the, the Parker goal. Like it just felt like the momentum could have really swung back to St. Louis. But that Voltaire goal swung it right back to Sporting Kansas City. And then, geez, I mean, Gotti Kinda, Kinda scored what might have been the the goal of the Bouncer. night. Incredible goal. Um, I don't know. St. Louis City's defending just never felt settled, felt scattered all throughout this game. I think on the broadcast, was it Taylor Twelman? One of them used the term chasing shadows. I thought that was a pretty accurate way of describing what the defending looked like. Um, so Sporting Kansas City, like this is St. Louis City's, for the for the season they had, this is their first moment in the playoffs and their first time really experiencing this and how things change. And meanwhile, Sporting Kansas City has a manager over there in Peter Vermees who's as well-versed in this stuff as anybody in this league. And you can't help but wonder if, if that's going to matter. And uh, I, one was maybe a hint that, yeah, it, it might. I think with St. Louis, the way they look, I mean, like you said, second to the ball, their defending was all over the place. I mean, you cannot account for, for Ndembe's rocket. Like that's, first of all, he doesn't score goals like that. And for him to pop up with something like that is 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 unforeseen. But you defense... can't account for it, but there's also not really anyone near him. No. And a no, lot of these true. guys are professionals. If you give them yeah. a chance and they're in space, they're capable. Um. Yeah, sure. Um. I just, when you think of what Boarding KC had done to them by St. Louis in the regular season, and then you see this turnaround, you wonder if St. Louis have a, just kind of spent themselves across the regular season and they've got nothing left now. And we've seen that before where a team is just has a great regular season and that's that's kind of all they've got then. They don't have the juice for the for the postseason. Because that's what it felt like watching them, Andrew. They did not look like a good side. Yeah. And well, they didn't we'll look see. like an organized side. Well game two goes back to uh across the state to uh Kansas City. So um can I um can I do one next? Yeah of course. Yeah. Um FC Cincinnati are going to be a bridge way too far for the Red Bulls. Um, yeah. The optimism built from the 5-2 win over Charlotte is gone. I'll put it that way. And um, and Cincinnati now are... I, can't, I mean, to say they're through, that's not fair. There's... I mean, there's football to be played. But I, I, I think they're going through. And it's, it's a shame. It's not a shame. I think the Red Bulls they had that that victory on front in front of their fans uh, against Charlotte it was exciting, blah blah blah. But like this is the end of the road. F- FC Cincinnati are cut above them, so um, so yeah, I think it's going to be another another trading season for the Red Bulls. You know what's weird though? Like well, you're right, uh, FC Cincinnati looked really good. The weird thing though is like <laughs> I didn't think the Red Bulls actually played that poorly. They no, just, they did. They just couldn't like kind of what we were talking about with Chelsea and Brentford earlier. One team took advantage of their chances. I mean, FC Cincinnati are just ruthless. Yeah. Like that's a sign of a great team. Okay. We need a goal now. Let's just get one. Okay. Got it. Like the, the Red, Red Bulls, Bulls have just... shot them. And yeah, they like... had more, they, they had 16 shots to, to Cincinnati's nine and they had more shots on target as well. They had five shots on target. Cincinnati had three, but again, I mean, ruthlessness. Yeah. That's the difference. And, and also in, in a player, like if you look at the two sides, 
the Red Bulls do not have a player like Luciano Acosta as oh good my, as him. Well, no, he's going to win MVP. No one does. Right. He's they the best player in the do. league. Uh, but that makes those. Remember, we said about this league, and I, I still think it remains the case. Those kind of number tens, those creative, tacking players that get goals and assists and create everything, they are the key to this league. And um, Red Bulls don't have one. Yeah, I mean, you get that moment like it's an MVP's goal. Like Lucho Costa from forty-five yards out puts one into an empty net. You know, on the terrible back pass. Like, you know, what was the other the Barry All's second goal of the night that seals it? Like. He he takes the pass and kind of flicks it up to himself and volleys home. Like they just have guys who are of a quality that they they can do those things. And Red Bulls just you saw they didn't they couldn't match yeah. that. Um, my last one here because I also had FC Cincinnati. I just wanted to also mention that um, the defending champs, uh, LAFC, their postseason mm. title defense begins brilliantly. Uh, Ryan Hollingshead coming up big for this club again. Two goals, both of which look pretty similar off corner kicks where he's just kind of in the right place. And it's this is. This is really interesting. This is like deep cuts USMNT stuff. But a couple of years ago, I think it was, Matt Doyle tweeted, and I saw somebody bump that tweet after Hollings had scored these two goals. So I guess somebody went back deep to find it. But he had a tweet saying um, uh, there's about a 95% chance Hollingshead is going to go down as the best American field player never to win a USMNT cap. Wow. Oh. I feel like that's a podcast unto itself. I don't know yeah, if we're the I don't know if we're the the guys for it, but I'd love to not. hear somebody. So I was I was trying to think who would that who would that be? Uh, now he said a field player, so like not a keeper, because I was going to say maybe Tim Melia, who was the 2017 goalkeeper of the year, set the record for goals allowed per game. But uh, Mike McGee, maybe he. So I was reading about it. He got called up in 2014 by Klinsman. But he missed out on that due to food poisoning, and that was it. So it could oh, be him. But I feel like the, uh, I wonder if the animals. Uh, there's probably some that I'm not thinking of. Uh, but yeah, I, I just um, found that interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Can I uh, talk about some guys as well? Can I talk about Brian White for a second? So, oh yeah, please do because I had something on him as well. So I'm gonna, I want to talk about Brian for a sec. For first of all, I remember him from his time with the Red Bulls earlier in his career, and I actually had forgotten about him. And then he pops up to score that goal. Um, now, should be noted about that game, it was two two at half time. Mm-hmm. So for Great. LAFC to yeah. pull away like that is pretty impressive and pretty uh, galling for Vancouver to go to score two in their building and and not be closer. But anyway, Brian White, he scores the first equalizer for Vancouver and he immediately gives the shush finger to the crowd I think it's the worst use of shushing finger I've ever seen like if that's a late equalizer and the crowd's been on his back all game then you give the shush and it's like perfect it's the coolest thing ever you've silenced them all why are you doing it then that was my point I have in my notes here I'll just read it word for word Brian White shushing the 32-52 and then Vancouver conceding one minute later felt like a bit of Dave Chappelle's when keeping it real goes wrong. (laughs) I mean, like, (laughs) he does that to that, to those fans, and then they concede seconds later. Like, (laughs) uh, not a great look. Not a great look. 
incredible first no half. Sense. I mean, it was the first half was amazing. Um, but and then also Bolonga's second goal that really kind of was a big one. Um, Very good goal. Ha- yeah, but it also can't happen. Like I know it no. snuck through everyone, a lot of bodies, but like. Yohei Takeoko's got to just, he's got to do better with that. I don't know. Watching it a couple times, I was like, yeah, maybe I have some sympathy, but should have just got to do better. And like, the, those are the things that I think ultimately are going to separate the, uh, the, the top quality teams in this first round from the other ones. Goals. Like I'm going to close, I'm going to close this MLS segment, Andrew, okay. uh, with some breaking news. Unfortunate breaking news, but it has to be mentioned. Um, so Tom Bogart, who we love, um, Sources, MLS is investigating Kai Wagner's alleged use of a racial slur slur during the Philadelphia Union's win over the revolution on Saturday. Wagner allegedly directed a slur at Bobby Wood during a heated exchange. Hmm. That's not good. So that's on the Athletic if you want to read the details of of that. That's not good, but that is not good. And I mean, I'm not making a joke here. Maybe it's good that they have time. Like with that, with the ten days between games, because they've got to investigate this. And if it's and if it is found that he did something like that, look, the union have already said it's weird. They've already said Kai Wagner's not coming back next year, no. and Alejandro Bedoya is not coming back next year. Um, Jacob Glesnes is now out for the season um, after suffering an injury, so he's done. Uh, and the union won three one. Like they should be feeling good, but I feel like there's all this weirdness around them right now, and this would be an awful cherry on top to that. Uh, this is well, whatever. Be, it's got to be investigated. If he was found yeah. to do something, he, sh- he that should that should be it. Oh yeah, he it, shouldn't play an MLS again. So that's the case. Oh man, what a hideous end to what has been a great MLS career and a great Philadelphia let's, Union player. That's let's wait for the investigation. Yeah, that's, that's not you're good. right. We should we should wait and see. By the way, um, JJ, I did my part today. I got out. I voted for MLS's goal of the season. It is. I mean, this league. This league produces insane goals, just insane. That you had the Jose Martinez one. Remember the like that rising missile that mm. like I, that goal would still be elevating if there wasn't a net there to have stopped it. You had the uh, Lucho Acosta Maisie run through like five Charlotte players. Uh, the Ibrahim uh, Aliu's finish on probably the best team goal of the season for Houston uh, Dynamo against Sporting Kansas City. It was. Also, MLS has like 20, there's like 20 of them to choose from when you vote. Uh, so, yeah, there were some good ones, but I voted and I'm, and I'm happy. I'm where I have an I voted sticker that I put on afterwards. So, All right. I should I should vote then. Yeah. Get out and vote. Exercise my constitutional rights. Get out and vote, everybody. Uh, let's see. Before we'll close on Ballon d'Or, JJ, because I know you got a lot to say in it. But before we get to that, I I did want to at least mention, like I said earlier, this week's edition of if this happened in an American sport, it would be the biggest thing to have ever happened. But in soccer, it barely registers. Um, a couple things that are just just crazy, ridiculous, awful. Um, I guess starting with Marseille and Lyon, uh, Marseille supporters threw projectiles at Lyon's team buses causing a window to shatter and manager Fabio Grosso to be serious, uh, seriously injured. Also pictures of him. Yeah. Uh, the assi- just... his assistant as well. Uh, Raffaele Longo also injured in the, in the incident. Uh, both of them with, with bad facial injuries. Yes. Um, in a statement, how about this statement from Leon? They said it regrets that this type of situation occurs every year in Marseille. 
adding that the club invites the authorities to take stock of the seriousness and repetition of this type of incident before an even more serious tragedy occurs. So pretty strong from Lyon, obviously furious about this because they, I mean, Marseille, there is a reputation there. And I mean, their ultras have a reputation. The town itself has a reputation. Um, remember the worst fighting in Euro 2016 uh, hooliganism yeah. was in was in the port there yeah, and in the stadium not that that was Marseille supporters per se but um, the town has has that image from a footballing standpoint absolutely awful like, like terrible I mean we love passionate fans we love seeing them we love watching them but I mean that's just another level completely it's ridiculous it does psychotic. not make you it doesn't make you a bigger fan because you throw rocks at the other team's bus it just doesn't no uh, Ridiculous. No, France has got some. France has got some naughty firms, some naughty hooligan groups. Yeah, uh, ultras. Um, and then the other one, JJ, a, a terrifying story from out of Colombia, that uh, Liverpool's Luis Diaz, his parents were kidnapped in Colombia over the weekend. Now his mother was found and rescued, but his father is still not accounted for, and a massive search is underway. In Colombia, roadblocks set up throughout the country, um, a huge police and military presence, I think I was reading, conducting this search. Um, I mean, it's obviously a huge deal. Luis Diaz is a superstar player and a massive celebrity in Colombia, of course. Um, unbelievable. Awful. Awful. Terrible. And um, Liverpool, uh, Diego Jota holding aloft the Diaz jersey, show solidarity with him after his first goal against Nottingham Forest at the weekend. And and generally, the Liverpool rallying together, I mean, I'm sure they were shook by it themselves and and, and really their their minds were with their teammate going into that game. So credit to them for, for getting through it and getting it done. And um, and like, yeah, um, Diaz obviously not involved. And um, I, 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 it's just shocking. It's absolutely shocking. Um, and you, you pray for a happy ending here. Um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, you do. God, it's uh, it's unbearable. Yeah, I mean, I remember, wasn't it? Um, wasn't it uh, Kaladze's family, the AC Milan player, um, Georgian? Uh, I think it was his family. That was the last time I heard it. His, his parents, Kaka Kaladze, who is the mayor of Tbilisi now, apparently. Um, he, I think his his parents were 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 kidnapped too, or was his brother was kidnapped? Uh, let me let me talk away amongst yourselves. Well, I remember. Like, I mean, this this stuff has happened. Like I remember. Um, yeah, we ha- we've seen. There it was before. A, a Pittsburgh Pirates catcher, Elias Diaz. His mother was kidnapped in Venezuela. Um, I think back back in 2018, and I think it she was rescued in the end, but I think it ended with a an incredible shootout. Um. If I'm remembering it correctly, so you know this. Oh God! Um, on May 23rd, 2001, Bakak Kaladze's brother, younger brother Levan, a medical student, was kidnapped in Georgia with a ransom of six hundred thousand dollars demanded. Georgia's president at the time, Edward Shevardnadze, promised that everything is being done to help locate him. Despite this insurance, the only time that Levan was ever seen was in a video when he was shown blindfolded begging for help. Following the kidnapping, Kaladze threatened to take up Ukrainian citizenship, but reverted his decision, stating, 
There was a time when I thought about quitting the national side completely, but I couldn't do it out of respect for the Georgian people and the fans who come and give us such support. Roughly four years later, on the 6th of May 2005, Georgian police officers found eight dead bodies in the St. Vante uh, region, and it was speculated that Levan was amongst the dead. On the 21st of February 2006, Levan was officially identified among the deceased after tests from FBI experts. Oh, jeez. God, I remember that. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right. I was... that's, the, that's the most high-profile one I remember with a footballer. There was also Wilson Ramos, who he himself, uh, the the catcher, baseball catcher, he himself was kidnapped in Venezuela. I think that might have been the one. I know like commandos stormed. They found him in the jungle where he was being held. Like commandos stormed the compound. Um, yeah, I mean, this this stuff sadly does happen. It's just it's just horrible. Um, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, pray for, for good news. Um with however this uh whenever this does come to a resolution because it's it's terrible and i don't know it's gonna be hard i would think for luis diaz to think about um, i don't know how you can play soccer in a in yeah. a moment like that when his dad is being held for ransom somewhere in Colombia. just terrible um so yeah uh let's see jj we'll close out on um and i think what you'd have to consider to be a controversial ballon d'Or. now look i know for whatever reason, I'm not exactly sure why. I know you hate this yeah. uh, here in the United States. Like, debate. I don't know. Call me crazy, but like debating about who's MVP is like a fun sports conversation. I don't know yeah, why. But you, fun I don't know why you've but... like decided to just hate this thing. None of this. None of this is fun. It's never presented uh, in a fun manner, and it's been dominated to the detriment of everybody else for about a for over a decade. By um two players. Um, so Messi won it today. Also, a- individual awards in team sports. That's very tough. You'll just ruin yeah, anything. I, but, but sure, who has a problem with Messi winning it? I on I just I don't care. I really don't care. I mean, the whole thing is a, such a farce. Just well, well, why though? Why? I mean, I mean, we already have journalists who 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 were who. Um, have a have a vote in this, um, saying uh, some of them on Twitter saying, "Well, look, it's uh, it's I voted Messi an acknowledgement of all he's done, and it's the, probably the last chance I'll get to vote for him because he's in America now. He's he's not going to be nominated for a Ballon d'Or playing in in MLS. Simple as that. Yeah, and so this, this and, was it, and that's their reasoning. So it's kind of like when Ryan Giggs won PFA Player of the Year because he'd never won it before in a very average, in a, in a decent, but like a not spectacular season he had for Man United. And you're like, why are they giving it to Ryan Giggs now? Oh. Well, it's like a lifetime achievement award. The same with Jordan Henderson for, for, his, for his PFA Player of the Year. I mean, there was a million better players than Jordan Henderson that season. Not that he wasn't good, but he gets it. Anyway, I just, I, I don't get it. And then I've, oh, I'm seeing all these tweets of this YouTuber, I show speed. Like who, whose whose whole shtick now is like videoing himself at games, shouting about Ronaldo, and now he's literally in the audience when Messi's presented with the award, and he's reacting, and he and he he has his hands on his face, Ronaldo, Ronaldo, and then the shock when it's Messi, like what the, what is this? And then he does another video. Wait, was that today? About, what was that? T- he was he was hoping that Ronaldo would win it today. No, it's this thing he does because oh. he's a like he goes up to Emmy Martinez. Yeah, 
like he's got this axis. He's got this huge platform. I mean, look, goes, Salt Salt Bay took a photo with Messi after he won oh, the World yeah. Cup. So I don't I know. know, but 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 the game is infected with these. Like I said, this anus. When he comes up and he says, he says to uh, Emmy Martinez, Ronaldo or Messi. I gotta ask you, bro. Uh, Ronaldo or Messi? What? Like what an inane thing to say. What an utterly stupid waste of people's time. And then let's get to the Ballon d'Or for women. Oh, uh, Atena Bob Matty. Uh, sorry, Bon Matty. Like, brilliant. Uh, highlight of her career. Uh, Samantha Lewis tweets this out. She's a football writer in Australia. So to summarize, the ceremony was held during a women's international window, so most nominees couldn't attend. There's no women's equivalent of the Yashin Trophy, which is the goalkeeper trophy, uh, best goalkeeper trophy. And the biggest award was presented to her by a dude from tennis. Novak, what is Novak Djokovic doing presenting that award? How was that allowed to happen? And by the way, that's, I don't mean this. It's no slight against Novak Djokovic. Like, he, it's not like he's done anything wrong here. Wait, I'm well, saying, well, I'm just saying like, in a year for, especially with a Spanish woman who's about to win this award, and we all knew that she was going to win this. I mean, it was it was clear as day that she was going to win this award. With what Spain have just kind of gone through right. with their own federation. I mean, Luis Rubiales, it was just announced, is going to be suspended for three years because of all, because of the chauvinism and like all of that in the Spanish federation. You would think the people putting this together like almost to the point of of nausea would have gone over the top in trying to like in trying to do this the right way and so to have a male tennis player announce the the female Ballon d'Or winner what the like what the hell is that like there's we... no there's no woman of note who could have who, who they thought would have been better served to hand out that award i mean my god like Where's their PR team to say, to like advise these guys and say like, hey, Andrew, not not a great look. We don't need a. If you want a tennis player, fine. Is like is Serena available? Is is there anyone like? I don't get right. it. I mean, they should have been bending over backwards to try to find the most prominent woman they could in this year where where the Spanish Federation has done this and put this team through all this after they won the effing World Cup, made it all about this situation they should have gone they should have been trying to bring back susan b anthony to give out the award for god's sake i mean this is ridiculous and so bob matty is presented this award by a tennis player okay weird by a male tennis player not great by a male tennis player who in 2016 i think it was said that women shouldn't be paid the equal amount of, oh, of men in oh, sport well then i take what i just said that he hasn't done anything wrong. What is this a troll job? Like what? What are they doing? I mean, this, it, this um, stuff is so dumb and so ridiculous. I mean, it couldn't and have so, been more so dis- simple to not do. Like it, it couldn't have been more disrespectful if I show speed had been, uh, been. Uh, he he was the one giving her the the award, and he just and, asked her, Messi or Ronaldo. And you know, I feel terrible because once again. It's another span incredible Spanish female achievement that is being overshadowed by some dumb thing that men are doing. Like <laughs> it's, this poor team and these players that have like achieved all this greatness that like men keep getting in the way of being able to properly celebrate. Uh, just ridiculous. But congrats to her. I mean, she 
absolutely deserved it. She was um, a joy to watch at the Women's World Cup this year and is a superstar for Barcelona. So, um, yeah, props to her. Uh, back to the men's side, just to close out that, um, cause this was the more controversial one bone Monty. I think everybody knew that was coming. The messy Holland thing was, was controversial. And if you, if you are bored by this, then you can check out. Cause my thought on this is that now we know, we know, like, we now know that if you perform, if you are the best performer at the world cup, then you win this award. Like we we know that now. This was the line for me. Like I had always mm. thought, okay, like if the the best player at a World Cup probably has a leg up on everyone, but if somebody does something outstanding in the league season, I kind of value the length of the of the league. Like that's most of the year, as opposed to seven games at a tournament. Like if somebody does something outstanding there, that should that should outweigh a World Cup. We now know that that's not the case because Holland did all of those things. He broke records that felt not I don't want to say unbreakable, but like are really highly regarded, well-respected records, goals in the Premier League season, 52 goals in all competitions. Um, he was a, an absolute machine, won everything, the treble for Manchester City. He's the best player on a treble-winning side. So now, if that guy if that guy does all those things and still loses this award because it was in a World Cup year, now we know that you can't you can't beat whoever won whoever won the golden ball at a World Cup. We know that now. Well, so, I mean, wasn't it Cannavaro won the Ballon d'Or? Wasn't he the, wasn't he the last defender? Um, yeah, he did, and 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 that was that was massively weighted by what winning the World Cup that summer. Sure. So, um, yeah. so that's you know that's like that that's just how it is now, and and I think we all need to accept that because look, here's what I'll say: if I had a vote. I think I think that I would have voted for Holland um, because I just kind of, again, like I said, I, I think what he did was crazy and I just kind of value like that grind of a league season over seven games in a tournament. I, I know not to downplay what a World Cup means. I'm not trying to do that. It's my favorite thing in sports. Um, but what Holland did, I think I would have voted for him. However, not to contradict myself, but... I'm seeing a little bit of like outrage that this is that this is like a total injustice. Easy, easy there, everyone. It's not like I would have voted for Holland, but I can respect the fact that this was not an open and shut case for Holland. What Messi did at the World Cup was sensational. Best player to World Cup, seven goals, three assists. And then like 21 goals and 20 assists in 41 appearances last season at PSG. They won the league. You know, whatever. If you don't take that league seriously, okay, fine. But like we've talked about this before, who scored.com does their ratings. He was the highest rated player in the Champions League. You know, highest rated player in, in League Uh. And okay, League Uh, whatever. Well, Mbappe's there. He you think he's the best player in the world. Messi was higher rated than him. So like Holland would have been my vote, but I fully respect that. It's close, and I'm not going to kill the people that voted for Messi. Be- not just say, oh, he just people just whatever you said before, JJ, that he just has these voters in the bag that they just want to be a part of this story. Uh, maybe that was why they voted for him, but I would say it, it would. If I had a vote, I would have to think about it. Like it, it would, it's not an open and shut case. I would have gone Holland, but I I'm okay with it. I have the top ten in front of me. Maybe Manchester City. Holland didn't win it, 
But boy, Manchester City did pretty well. It's no wonder they won the Team of the Year award. Uh, four of the top 10 were Manchester City players. Holland was second. De Bruyne was fourth. Julian Alvarez was seventh. And Bernardo Silva was ninth. So there you hmm. go. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. No, I'm sorry. Five. Rodri was fifth. Half of the top 10. Um, would you have had uh, Antoine Griezmann in there? I was just saying last on our last pod that he's my maybe the captain of my all underrated, underappreciated team. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to dive into his numbers. I, I honestly don't really, off the top of my head, I don't know what I would say about that. Yeah. Well, what are you driving at there, Sailor? No, I just, I just, yeah, I just looked at the list and I thought, okay, it's, I don't know. I just, I feel there was more prestige to this years and years ago. And well, you, you're just jaded by everything. Yeah, maybe I am. Maybe that's it. That's sad. I'm still annoyed by this guy. I show speed. He just, I can't believe it. (laughs) I can't believe he's even invited. God, imagine the worst table there. Him. Salt Bay and who else? I'm trying to think. Not just him and Salt Bay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I know, I know I'm gonna hear, oh, he's he's so popular amongst the kids. Is he? I'm I'm not familiar with him. I'll be honest, I've never heard of him until today when he's I saw him. He's a YouTuber. All this. People watch him play video games. Okay. So yeah. All right. Well, congrats to Messi, his eighth one, eighth one of these. And congrats to MLS. We have a Ballon d'Or on our books. There you go. That's right. Uh, JJ, this was a joy. I uh, This podcast was, this was a behemoth. It's going to take people a while to get through, but that's okay. I'm sure we, I don't know if anybody won bingo tonight, please let us know. I didn't mention Tottenham really even once. So uh, you're going to have to leave that one empty. I said turgid a lot. They never put that in the bingo. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there's, get more cards out there. I think you going, yeah, mm, that could be on it. I mean, this is just parts of the English language now. We're, uh, yeah. We mm. You do that all the time. All right. That's well, your thing now. Uh, um, what are some others? There was one you said earlier in the show. Oh, come into the club. I think you said that about somebody earlier. He's come in. Oh, he's come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that that's the same. He's come in, in and around. That's that's all. Oh, I'm Did you say about Ten Hag earlier? You said, you, better, you said about somebody. I was going to stop you, but you were rolling, so I let it go. But it was oh, okay. it's definitely one that registered with me when you say he's come in and then something, something, something. Yeah. Yeah. We could probably get a whole bunch of these bingo cards out in circulation. Make a real yeah. make a real thing of it. I, um, want, I want it to be a drinking game this winter, and then we discover someone has absolutely passed out from it. <laughs> Yeah, not that we condone that. No, we do not. Do not drink to excess. Do not drink to pass out. No, that was merely a quip. I was not being serious. Get us in all kinds of legal trouble. I know. God almighty. Hey, this was fun, everybody. Rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends, all right? Because we're really getting into the meat of the seasons now. This is where we we need everybody on board uh, because we're having fun. We're loving this, but we want more of you. We want everyone out there. We want this community to grow and grow and grow. Get everybody, get more animals. The animals need to be reproducing and creating new animals to bring into the Reddit group. Um, So let's really get, let's really get on that, everybody. All right. Yeah. We want, you know, they talk about soccer. 
what's the busy time of the year? We want everyone listening by the time we get into the, you know, the dog days of the Ballsmas football fixture list. Hey, this was fun, JJ. To you, I say. Check you later for more. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.